I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show where we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. As you know, um, we have been on the hunt for a new tagline. And the reason for that, well, I think it's twofold. One, executive producer Luke just feels like we can do a bit better than the original. The original is getting under the skin of science in a good way. I really loved that. Until I found out that it was actually Michael. I was convinced it was me that had come up with it. And then Michael showed that he, he kept the receipts. He had the message where it's confirmed it was his idea. And I had said that was good. And so I immediately went off it. So I am now thinking we do need a new tagline because I don't like the idea that Brooksy's come up with a good one. Um, but we're struggling. Uh, and the last one we tried was... Was it the, the weekly bath? Yeah, give the, show that, weekly the bath. show that gives science yeah. a weekly bath. It's, I mean, it's it's so crap that it might just. Stick. Oh come on! You didn't think it was crap before? I, I did. No, I think if we go back to the the previous episode where, yeah. where we like, you're like, oh, it's not bad. No, I think I said it was odd, and I didn't want to have to say it. Oh, okay. Um, and, and if you think that's me liking something, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we've got a message from. Uh, Joe, he says, what about Eureka, the podcast that makes sense of science? That's not bad. It's not bad, is it? It sort it's of quite feels, like, feels like we should have come up with it ourselves. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's slightly <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, or the podcast that separates the pseudo from the science. I also quite like that, but it's not really what we do exactly. I don't no, because we take actually quite sort of normal accepted science and then pull that apart as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really pseudoscience. No. Um, I, I, I had a new idea. Oh. Yeah, okay. Uh, the, the show that gives science its weekly wedgie. That is... That is so bad. But it's... I mean, it, at least you could say atomic wedgie, so it sounds a bit science Oh, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. The show that gives it's science nice its atomic. weekly atomic wedgie. I think you get rid of weekly. Yeah, you get rid the of weekly. The show that gives science an atomic wedgie. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's not, br- no, it's not brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, I mean, it is making me laugh. The show that gives science is atomic. No, 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 no. We're still. Fine. The hunt continues. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Eureka, the hunt continues. The hunt for a tagline continues. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, enough of that. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. So recently, um, 
I haven't listened to this back, and I don't imagine you've listened to it, but I went on the podcast How to Fail. No, why would I go on that? Very, One of the last uh, winners. Yeah, no, I think you know everything about failure. <laughs> There's nothing it can teach you. And it's very popular, presented, interestingly, by my ex-girlfriend. And so we talked a bit about... Uh, Was that awkward? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course it was fucking awkward, uh, but quite funny. It was quite yeah. funny, and and also it's it's long enough time had elapsed. So I think we split up. I don't know, twenty years ago, nearly. Uh, okay. So enough times elapsed, and she's nice, and we just had quite a funny chat, and it was all fine. Um, did you reference it? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back and listen to that. Would have been would have been tricky not to. Um, oh, you you'll really like one one anecdote that I that. Sometimes this is a this is a problem with podcasts, but also the sort of good thing about podcasts is you, they are very relaxed, and you do end up just saying stuff that then, in retrospect, you shouldn't have said. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely did that uh, on this occasion. And you had no right of veto, presumably, as you do with this, with this when, you, when your agent sort of yeah, gets, well, gets yeah, on exactly. the line and says, "No, that's not going out." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that yeah, so that particular transgression is out there. Oh, good. Okay, I look forward to that. Yeah, but anyway, so we you know we talked a bit about. I was saying, so the idea is you 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 give a load of um, examples of failure in your life, and one of the things I was saying I was I'd failed at was relationships for various reasons, and so it's sort of about a little bit about heartbreak, and it made me think you've probably never experienced heartbreak because you and Philippa have been together since you were like twelve or something. <laughs> Not twelve. How old? But sort of seventeen, eighteen. So yeah, have you? Ne- I don't think I've ever really had my heart broken. That's amazing. So you d- you don't know what that feels like at all. No, no. And I sort of did you have, did you until this point in my life? I hadn't realised that I was lacking something. But yeah, obviously I'm lacking. You're lacking of- fucking loads. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> so you've been together. Yeah, I mean, essentially your whole adult life. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever had like wobbles where you thought, well, oh, you did you break up for a little bit and you felt sad? No. I mean, you're no. not. I'm gonna. I want to say you're missing out. You're not really because it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. But that is quite. A I'm rich not saying part it's been like experience. Yeah, you know, it's been totally smooth, plain sailing at all. No, 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 we, no, no, no. We no, haven't no. had a, a breakup. Yeah, that. Yeah, it not being plain sailing. That that's absolutely that's a given know, to be expected. Right, yeah, but you've never been to the low of you've broken up and you you feel terrible. No. That's fascinating, and I think accounts for quite a lot, actually. What my my cheerful optimism? Yeah, that, but also the fact that you're just a, a bit peculiar. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think, think that's fair I think it's at all. Quite, well, I think it is fair. Um, I think it's like such a, in, in yeah, such an important part of human experience. Well, yeah, I, would I mean, it is, and, and I feel like. Everyone, got, you're really unusual not having experience. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm appreci- I appreciate that I am unusual in that, and that we're unusual in how long we've been together. Although, you know, I know. I, well, not, I no, do, no, no, I don't think unusual in that. Like that. That's. But but never having experienced. Never having. Well, never having broken up at any point, even though you. So I know people who've yeah. been together since they were that kind of age, but they've had breakups and you know okay. and got back together and stuff like that. But just to be basically solid from yeah. seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. I mean, it's impressive in a way. Well, I mean, you know, once Did you've you heard this, before? you're not going to let it go, are you? Uh, well, I'm still doing this podcast with you. <laughs> um, had you had girlfriends before? No. So, hang on. So, how does... I feel like somehow I'm I'm coming off yeah, badly yeah. here. No, no. Well, look, <laughs> it's like... look, there's an obvious question here, and you don't have to answer it. 
But how could how could you know? How could either of you know that this was it? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I have no idea. With no frame of reference. I feel like my frame of reference has been so important and useful for me. Yeah, well... Um, like working out what you do, I like, remember what you there, like, was, there was a point where I just thought, you know what, this is kind of it. <laughs> and, was it that romantic? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like that. But, you know, you know, you go through those thought processes in your head of like, you know, where is this going? Is this is this What working? are my other options? <laughs> what are my other options, effectively? And it was like, you know, there was nothing in me that... that had any doubts that this was the 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 relationship I wanted to stay in. So, but I I think that everyone feels that about their first relationship, and that, and that's. Are what you makes saying the, I should still like? I'm not keep so, an open mind about look, this. Uh, look, entirely up to you. But <laughs> <laughs> just saying, are you on any of the apps? <laughs> <laughs> Just just just, 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 have a look. Window shopping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you yeah. never know. No, it's it's good advice. I'll, I'll... <laughs> yeah, don't, uh, Philippa, if you're listening, obviously I'm joking, um, <laughs> but only half joking. <laughs> but then, because are you saying you think I could do better? No, I think she could. <laughs> it's her I'm worried about. <laughs> I, I do think that that first relationship for most people, it feels like everything, and it feels like it's the one. Yeah. And that's what makes that first heartbreak absolutely crippling. Like it's it, 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 it's agony. Yeah. Um, Do you know what? There were people that I chose not to go out with, if that makes sense. Like where obviously right. I could have I could I could have asked you know the, not not obviously yeah. <laughs> these girls out. Yeah. And I knew that they would have said yes, but I just didn't want to go out with them. You know, I kind of liked them, but not. Like not enough to go through the process of going out with them for a bit and then breaking up with them. And I think the root of this is that I don't know how to do a breakup and I worry about that in advance and therefore okay. I don't get into a relationship where I'm going to need to do a breakup. But you can't have known that. About I think I did know it. That's. I honestly think mm. I did know it. Maybe it's coming from, you know, from a kind of, you know, that whole broken home thing, you know, never met yeah, my father. Interesting, yeah. You know, I'd never had any kind of, you know... Can we say the thing about the birthday card, please? <laughs> it's really amazing. So when I arrived today, uh, Michael is sitting there, very sweet, just waiting for me. And he's got a, he's got a card um, on, on the table in, in its envelope, all stamped and, and, and addressed and ready to go. And it's for his father's 80th birthday. Yes. And uh, and, and the detail about this is... This is the first birthday card I've ever sent him. Amazing. It's, like, it's sort of both both awful and really cute at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, maybe that is it. I th I think I I'm was... I'm loving this therapy session. It's not very scientific, but it's great. <laughs> and we've got a whole episode to do yet, you know. But actually, I think the thing for me is that I don't think I would be very good at breaking up a relationship. I think if I got into a relationship, I'd probably stay in it, even when I didn't want to be in it. That this was, and that's not my marriage, by the way. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, this was uh, basically what I was saying on on Elizabeth's on on. Oh, Aspel. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not very good at it, and I just sort of stagnate. Um, so Elizabeth and I, she disagreed with this, which was in itself reasonably awkward. Um, we were together, and then we broke up, and then we got back together again. And I was like. We shouldn't have got back together again. Oh. That was just a waste of time. And she's like, oh, no, I think we should. <laughs> and I was really? Like, and I was like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> so listening to this. Uh, but um, 
yeah, I think I, I think I stayed in several relationships for for way too long because you didn't know how to get out. Oh, I just, uh, you didn't know how to make a clean break. No, that didn't want to hurt of, somebody. A bit of laziness, a bit of like, well, this you know, this is fine. Um, <laughs> this is fine, um, which is not great. No, it's not. <laughs> Um, so I'm not I, taking that to the altar, yeah, are you? So I feel, uh, yeah, I feel for you um, in in the in the kind of not knowing how to break up. Okay, states. well, I, I reject your sympathy. I'm fine. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to talk about heartbreak. <laughs> Who hasn't asked themselves the same aching question framed by the BGS? How can you mend a broken heart? Or in my case, spent a week listening to Save Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry on repeat, <laughs> crying into my pillowcase. True story. There's a sheer abject misery and heartbreak. That's not quite like anything else. You find yourself asking, how will it ever be possible to exist without this person? But what in our bodies actually causes us this immense physical and emotional anguish when we lose someone? Could it even kill you? Find out as we ask, what's the use of a broken heart? This week we've uh, we've got an expert. What, despite um, your expertise on on broken hearts? Well, I think I don't have any. I've got the experience. I don't right. have any. Um, I've never really thought about the sort of scientific angle of it before now, and it's genuinely quite interesting. Okay. Um, well, I suppose you'll be the judge of that. Uh, and this week we're joined by Mary Frances O'Connor. Um, she is an associate professor of psychology at the University of Arizona. So she directs. The Grief, Loss and Social Stress Lab, which sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) That's not a workplace you want to go into, is it? (laughs) Uh, How are you enjoying work? What do you think? Um, (laughs) And they investigate the effects of grief on the brain and the body. Uh, She's also the author of The Grieving Brain, The Surprising Science of How We Learn from Love and Loss. That's amazing. I'm just, I'm reeling from that, the fact that that lab exists. When I was doing my reading around this, it's, it's kind of fascinating that a lot of research and a lot of time has gone into scientific investigation of the experience of being in love. Yeah. So how that, you know, what chemical changes does that create? Um, what behavioural changes? Are there physical changes? Does it affect your longevity? Does it affect your happiness? All these kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Quite well studied. But until fairly recently, the sort of the the end of love hadn't really been studied that much. And it seems like an obvious thing. So that's, that, that, yeah. there's that, there's that um, I can't think who it is, but there's some philosopher who, who, who made a quote along the lines of, when you invent the ship, you also invent shipwrecks. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. when you have love, I like that. you have to have the loss of love. Um, and the loss of love is, is painful and, and worth, worth investigating. Um, and so people have done now uh, and this, yeah, this cheery sounding lab is just is just one example. But the first thing that I wanted to talk to Mary Francis about was whether heartbreak. So again, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about here, but the physical pain that you feel yeah. after that, is that rooted in anything physical in my body? There's absolutely incontrovertible evidence of the broken heart phenomena. And we know this actually from research starting back in the 1960s. But what I mean by that is, this is the increased rate of mortality 
for the person who has experienced the death of a loved one. So to say it more simply, if a man, uh, if his wife dies, he himself is at higher risk for mortality, almost twice as high as another man who remains married in the first few weeks and months after the death of his spouse. Is that, is that really true? Like, yeah. Like, uh, if you're heartbroken, you're more like, twice you're, as likely to die, or basically you've lost a, your partner. Yeah. You're twice as likely to die, not just from starvation, presumably. No, 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 no. Just your, your mortality rate. You're literally, your body's just like, there's yeah. no point being here anymore. But do you know what's, <laughs> what's amazing about that is that that's true of men. So if a man loses their, their, their partner, yeah. then their mortality rate is, is massively increased. Right. Um, if a woman loses her partner, n- no change in her mortality. <laughs> No change. No change. Absolutely fine. Well, who needs who? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's quite clear. It's, no, isn't exactly it? that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where you're like, oh, is this sort of gender stereotyping? But it, it really stands up when you when you look at the data. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my but, my grandma lived. My, my nana lived for thirty years after her husband died. Yeah, he died at sixty three, mm-hmm. and and well, she was what ninety? I think she was ninety three when she died, or ninety one to ninety three. Something. Yeah. Like. So you know. Clearly coped. I mean, I'm sure she was sad, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if the other way around, it, it had just been a case of, oh, can't really do this. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, that's what all of the, the, the data suggests. That's amazing. Yeah, men are just like, oh, God. I'm going to make sure I die first. I can't. I, l- luckily, uh, your life expectancy will be much lower. Oh, that so is lucky. You probably, you probably will die first. Yeah, that yeah. is lucky. Yeah, finally, Philippa escapes this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> she should get better at breaking up with people. <laughs> um, but women do experience it. So if, uh, and this is like really bleak, but for maternal grief so if a child dies then female mortality i think it goes up like 130 percent or something like it's it's really ramped up so something is going on here this this isn't something you can just dismiss as are you just feeling a bit sad yeah yeah it's not just an emotion is it no no not at all i mean uh, so and actually if you think about what love is I, i haven't quite worked this out in my head but i think this is right i don't think love is an emotion per se in the sense that emotions are kind of quite well a you can see them on people's faces i think that's quite a good metric for an emotion so if you're happy okay, yeah. smiling unhappy frowning shocked like you, you do you know what i mean there's a, yeah, sort of yeah. uh, whereas love i think is 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 a much more complicated package than that and it's more like a sort of uh this is not a very romantic way of putting it but it's sort of goal oriented kind of motivation and so the goal in, in this case is to be with and maintain being with the object of your love. I can't believe we didn't put this out for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I know. I, know. I can't believe I didn't put this in the vows. Uh, this, the thing about love is not really an emotion, is it? It's all about goals and motivation. It's about social utility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your favourite. Um, so so you're, you're defining love as something that, that is not just an emotion, but is deeply interconnected with your your kind of plans for the future. Yeah. Your kind of, you know, sense of who you are, how you fit into everything around you and and what support you have in some ways, you know, for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah. But the 
sort of looking at the actual physical processes, I think is interesting. The physical processes associated with not just uh, love, which will sort of come to, but heartbreak itself. So there is actually a thing called uh, Takotsubo uh, cardiomyopathy, which you might have heard of or, or come no. across. So it's it's not it's pronounced bro- like that. Anyway. It's, it's <laughs> that was, honestly, I speak uh, no Japanese. Um, <laughs> you surprised yeah, me. It's uh, it's called broken heart syndrome. Okay, and uh, and you see it like quite often, really. And what appears to happen is your body is flooded with stress hormones in 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 the wake of whatever the the yeah. the, the the situation is um that seems to kind of weaken your left ventricle of of, of your heart literally in your heart uh, wow. and it kind of changes shape and i think gets bigger and becomes worse at at properly pumping pumping blood around you and in the most extreme cases just gives up so you can literally die of a broken heart, a heart that has stopped working. That's immense. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you so now get, you see what you're missing out yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This so, is good stuff. So this is my whole my whole philosophy is live, as, live life as stress-free as possible. Obviously, that's a very good thing because obviously mm-hmm. stress hormones are really bad oh, for you. Yeah. I mean, that, and also, by the way, that would hurt. That would... You'd feel physically, it. That would physically hurt. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. And, and so heartbreak has has been looked at and you can there's all sorts of uh effects that have been documented so from cognitive decline uh to increased anxiety um i mean these are all kind of fairly obvious i think maybe cognitive decline isn't uh fragmented sleep yeah. uh not uh, that you'd notice that bad no christ i mean i, I wish i had any sleep to fragment <laughs> um bad impulse control so people making really poor decisions yeah. in, in 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 the wake of it depression um and then and then the, the classic early death <laughs> so, so so why is it you wishing this upon me no i'm saying it's quite oh you've missed out you've really missed out no but i think i think you have because you get through it yeah, if that's you don't the thing die. you get through it yeah okay i'm not suggesting you do it now cuz i think you, that might do for you cuz you're old <laughs> <laughs> but Earlier, you should have right, yeah. got it done earlier. It, when you're basically right. going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to, you know, if you're breaking up when you're in your twenties, you're not getting you, a swollen you might, left ventricle. You might feel like you're going to die, but you're probably not going to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas now you might do. <laughs> um, and if you, so this is this is something that's quite striking. So if you uh, do a brain scan of someone who is heartbroken, the same parts of the brain will will light up. As a person who has just suffered like a burn, like oh. a physical burn, so it looks like the the sort of emotional pain and physical pain pathways have kind of evolved concurrently. So genuinely, it's, it's, pain. A, it's genuinely pain. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm quite glad I've never been through this. <laughs> but but my point is, I suppose you you have to you have to take it seriously. Yeah. Like it, it's a it's a proper it, it's a proper thing, and I don't think people realise that. Yeah, it's to be avoided. Don't break up with anyone. <laughs> that, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> Obviously, to really understand what's going on with with grief and and heartbreak, you have to kind of work out what state your your brain is in when you're in love, and then what you lose. So I asked Mary Francis about that. 
You can't really talk about grief and loss without first talking about love and bonding because that is what gets lost. So we know from studies of little tiny rodents that when they pair bond, some rodents called voles pair bond for life. And we see the epigenetic changes that happen in their brain that say, this vole is the one for me and I will prefer this vole over any other vole for the rest of my life. Now, once that bond is formed in the brain, it means that when you're separated, you automatically have this response of part of me is missing. But the reason that we get separated, the reasons that we experience grief and loss can be lots of different kinds of changes to that bond. So it can be a divorce or a breakup. It can be estrangement from an adult child. It can be finding out that this person is no longer the person that you thought that they were. So there are lots of ways that that bond can be broken. And because it's about the separation from that person, it doesn't have to be their death. We even know that in you know four to seven days that a partner has gone on a business trip, we can see physiological changes in the partner that are completely reversible. But you see how any kind of separation when there was a bond there is really what's causing that experience of grief and loss. Well, I just booked a business trip, but only for three days. So I'm going to Geneva for three days in April. Um, I should have made it four, just so Philippa might miss me. Yeah, I mean, could could you extend it and then we hook Philippa up to an fMRI and see what's going on? Well, she did actually suggest that I extended it. So the, obviously, okay. obviously, a, a okay. sense of like you're not really going away, away for long enough. I thought you were going to say, can we hook her up to like Tinder or something? I think she'll probably do that herself. <laughs> oh, she's ex- <laughs> why is she asking you to extend the trip? <laughs> You've got to ask these questions. <laughs> um, You'll be unsurprised here that I'm I'm quite interested in the sort of evolutionary benefits, potential benefits of this. Because in a way, you're like, why would is this serving any purpose? Well, this is how we started this whole process of looking at this, isn't it? Because we were talking about that's exactly the question you yeah. asked. Yeah. When your cat died. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, because my so my cat died. I was away um, with work, and I mean. Oh, or just, I mean, I, 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 I was so broken, so broken by it and so sad. And, uh, and, and yeah, we, we had a, we had a conversation with me. Like, I just don't know. This is not, doesn't feel like this is serving me in any way. Yeah. This, 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 it was this a very us conversation, wasn't it? It's yeah. like, you're really sad about your cat and you want yeah. to know the evolutionary yeah, purpose but for also that sadness. Why, uh, yeah, yeah. Why would I? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And and I still like I still feel that that sadness. It's not sort of there the whole time, but it is triggered by something that you will find quite funny, which is we had to get all of the like the cat's stuff, obviously, mm. and move it from the kitchen where where it was because I couldn't have that out. And so we've whacked it all into the little porch that we don't really go in. But what we haven't done is taken the batteries out of the automatic feeder. 
So oh. every uh, every morning and every night, you just hear the telltale <laughs> that was always followed by, oh. the, by the by the pitter patter of, of oh. Tippy's footsteps to go to the food. And so I just hear it like most days, and I'm like, "Fucking hell, you've got to uh, take those batteries yeah, out." Yeah, but I can't. I still can't bring myself to go and, and sort of deal with all of our stuff. That's like I mean, I've I've still got the phone number of a friend who died in my phone because I can't take it out. Yeah. It just feels like it's the wrong thing How to do. How long ago did they die? It's, I think it's probably six or seven years ago, if not more. Yeah. No, do you occasionally yeah. see it in your phone yeah. and sort of get a pang of... Yeah. Mm. It's like, oh, there's Tim's But I know phone what number. you mean. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't want to... But why, you know, it's fine. I, it almost reminds me that, you know, he was around... Yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. It's not, yeah. not necessarily a terrible thing. It's sort of yeah. like, okay, Tim was around and, it, and, and it he's would not anymore. F- it would feel really nasty, I think, to delete it for like such a... I don't think I'd like to no. be the kind of person who would just like, all right, we'll get rid of yeah. that and save a couple of well, co- couple of megabytes yeah. in the memory. <laughs> How long's his phone number? <laughs> <laughs> all right, kilobytes maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the the evolutionary sort of angle was the thing I was interested in, and the the sort of social pain of separation in our ancestors. So not necessarily humans, but sort of pre-humans or whatever, like lurching around on the savannah trying to find food and trying to avoid getting eaten. Yeah. Safety in numbers is absolutely key there. And if you are excluded in any way from the group or, or from your mate, it pretty much is like certain death. Yeah. Like it's yeah. really, really bad news. <laughs> um, and so in, 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 in exactly the same way that you'd say physical pain is sort of signalling that there's maybe a life-threatening injury and you need to do something about it. The emotional pain of separation alerts you to the fact you need to get back to your group, get right. back to your partner, because otherwise you're fucked. Yeah. And I think it is that. I think that's probably where it where it where comes it served, from. That's, it that's serves where a, it is. served a purpose. Yes, yeah, and you'd purpose. say doesn't probably really serve a purpose anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, apart from to make sure that you don't break up with anyone through your entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah so serving that purpose magnificently with you. <laughs> but I do think that they have, yeah, as I said, like the physical and emotional pain has sort of evolved on the same pathway as a, yeah, it's just a warning to to, to threat and, and a, a cue to pay close attention yeah because something is something has gone wrong or is going wrong yeah don't do anything that will get you separated out from the group exactly i want to talk about voles we'll talk about voles after of course i do uh, after a quick break when we get back we'll be discussing well voles uh, whether young heartbreak hits the hardest feels like a yes to me uh cures for a broken heart and we'll be answering today's question what is the use of a broken heart 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And we're back. So, Vols, do you remember uh, in our um, Can Dating Apps Engineer Love episode, there are two types of, or there's lots of types of vol, but there's two specific types that are quite closely related. So the Meadow Vol and the Prairie Vol. And the Prairie Vol is really monogamous. So 75% of Prairie Vols will stick with the same partner for their entire life. And the Meadow Vol is a slut. That it just yeah. like fucks everyone, like it's really promiscuous. And there's a vasopressin, vasopressin receptors. Ex- so that, that yeah, exactly. You that. can blame them for for any any misdemeanors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our conclusion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can. Of course, it, I stored that one away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important information. <laughs> um, so it is. It's a difference. It seems to be in their in their brain chemistry or the type of receptors that they've got in a particular area of the brain, and you can manipulate the the brains of of either. And, and make them do the other thing. So you can get a meadow vole uh, uh, and inject it, I think it is, with a virus, and it will become monogamous by interfering with its receptors. And then you can do a similar thing with the prairie vole that switches on some receptors, and then it suddenly becomes uh, like, a, like a fuck machine. Which is all science should ever do. Yeah, it's just, can we turn this one into a fuck machine and this one into uh, into Brooksy? <laughs> Don't be cruel. <laughs> so so in something like Mary Frances's lab, mm. obviously they're doing experiments or, or scientists generally are doing experiments to like look at these people and what's going on yeah. with them physically. Yeah. And presumably the stuff in the brain that's the most interesting... Yes, I think so. Or the sort of the consequences of what's going on in the brain. Yeah, because I mean, you can do an autopsy and and do the heart thing. It's like, oh, yeah, they had a broken heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you want to know what's happening with various chemicals in the brain and various activity in the brain and how that correlates with other activity in the brain of of sort of events that we understand a bit better. Yeah. So they do fMRI and MRI studies. And when they're looking for heartbroken people, they tend to obviously just just go to universities. <laughs> so, yeah, young people are always heartbroken. Undergraduates, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my first, yeah, my eagle eye cherry. 
heartbreak was when I was 19, I guess. Um, and I listened to, yeah, that one song. I, I honestly think for a week on repeat. Amazing. Extraordinary stuff from me. Yeah. Um, and, and there was apps. I mean, it was such a bad, I've got, got back together with that girl actually. Terrible again. <laughs> uh, t- like an awful match. We were an awful match. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't, I absolutely didn't think that at the time. So there we go, madness. But you you also find that you end up kind of functioning as a unit with, with your with your partner. By which yeah. I mean your bodies sort of sync up. So you you your like your your heartbeats start to 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 regulate, and your cortisol levels sort of line up, and your respiration rates align, and all this kind of quite well, sort of. When you is that only when you're in the room together, or just like. Generally. That's a good question, actually. I don't know. I don't know. I, I assume you probably when you're in the room. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It, it must. It must sort of deviate off. Otherwise, yeah. it's a it's a bit spooky, isn't it? Yeah. So it must be when you're together. There must be some kind of because you you have a sense of your own pulse, even though you're not aware of it. There's been psychology experiments that show that people will sort of regulate things according to their pulse. I I, I know that. So so I guess maybe you get a sense of other people's pulse, and it just sort of you know. Yeah, it gets um. You know, if you, if you're physically close enough, you can yeah. kind of sense it, and yeah, and you, you get this kind of synchronicity, yeah. synchrony occur. Yeah, but I mean that's that is weird, isn't it? It is weird. I mean, it's sort of we we're quite social beings, aren't we? So I think yeah. there's a lot of our behaviour. It's like mirroring. You know, when you're you're like sitting opposite somebody and you end up sort of doing exactly the same body postures. Yeah, and it's a completely unconscious thing, but it's all about facilitating social engagement. Yeah. And I guess it must be a sort of similar thing. It's kind of weird that you can do it with like your inner workings effectively. But mm. I can imagine that, you know, evolution has kind of equipped us to that level. We had a, a, a guest on the radio show this morning who was talking about something or other. And he, and he just goes, and actually there's a guy um, called uh, Robin Dunbar. Um, don't know if you would have come across him, and I was like, <laughs> pressing a buzzer. Yes, excuse yes, me, yes. excuse me. <laughs> yes, yes, I think I know who that is. Thank you. <laughs> and I had to resist the urge to bellow that to be like, all oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I imagine he'd have something to say about this. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to sort of go back to this point about whether you are more affected by heartbreak when you're younger i mean you don't like yeah you don't hear about young people dying of heartbreak no, basically no uh, whereas you know as we know mortality rates do increase for uh certainly for men um in in later life if they have their hearts broken so i kind of wanted to ask mary francis about this does heartbreak change with age As we age, we learn a lot about ourselves. We learn a lot about how relationships work. We learn about how we work as individuals. And that first loss that we have, which is often followed the very first bonding that we have with a a peer, right, with a romantic partner, that first loss can often be intense because we've never experienced it before. And so we have no way of saying, I'm going to get through this, right? It feels unbearable. And although losses later in life feel unbearable, we do have lived experience that, although they feel unbearable, we do manage to go on. And we do come to a place eventually where we're able to think of that loved one and not completely fall apart. But early losses, because we're not as 
able to understand our own emotions. They seem unfamiliar and often out of our control. I think those early losses have a very specific um, feeling to them. So you've never felt that kind of pain before, and and so yeah. it's a kind of very intense yeah. experience. Yeah. And then as you get older, it, it's sort of it's, it seems to be implying it's sort of less of a big deal in that you know that you can get over it and accept, you know, when you're in, obviously in later life and then you just die of a broken heart. Yeah, if you're a man. If you're a man. And if you're a woman, get on with it. <laughs> yeah, you just, just get, get on, with, on it. with it. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Don't, don't really miss the guy, actually. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> <laughs> so here's something for you to think about. When I describe some of these sort of effects on in the brain, what does it immediately remind you of? So when you have heartbreak, um, your white blood cells, this is this is complicated. I didn't really understand it to be honest when I read it, but I was like, that's interesting. Um, they sort of can monitor your mood and things like loneliness and react and therefore increase inflammation. So which like is having inflammation, an infection. Is, inflammation is never good, right? No. Um, you also your dopamine levels decrease, your oxytocin levels decrease, you get a kind of withdrawal, uh, you start getting, you can get like tremors and palpitations, you can get depressed. Um, the, the, uh, and also the way that your dopamine spikes when you're in love means that it, you, you can sort of become dependent on it this is so addiction isn't it it's exactly what it is it's not so love is not like being addicted it is an addiction Physic, physiologically it's a, it's a phys- it physiologically it's the same it's the same thing and so all of the when you take that away you take the drug away you take the take the love away you end up with withdrawal and you know all sorts of negative consequences and 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 you understand that kind of panic trying to trying to get it back yeah it sounds like an essential human experience to me (laughs) still not sold on it no i mean i don't know what to tell you um there's no no one can quite work out what sort of what exactly the mechanism is that is making so making your 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 heart hurt yeah effectively but there's one idea that i quite liked which is that it it um, simultaneously sort of activates your um, sympathetic activation system, which is your uh, fight or flight. Yeah. So, in, in like increasing your heart rate, yeah. increasing that sort of you know, uh, breathe, breathing rate, respiration rate, and also your parasympathetic <laughs> activation system, which is your rest and digest um, sort of. System. So it doesn't know what to so do. So basically, you're like whacking the accelerator and the brake the same, on the heart oh, at the same wow. time. Your heart's just like, nah! <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, I don't know if that's true, but I I, I thought it's a good uh, <laughs> it's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, my cardiovascular system is not the best anyway, so I'm I'm definitely not up for any of this. So you still not still no consideration here of breaking up with Philippa. No, but that wouldn't break right. my heart, would it? If I if I did the breaking up, well, it would eventually because I'd regret it, and then yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And also, I don't think um, I don't think it's necessarily true that only the person who is who is dumped is yeah. That I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. So you can be heartbroken that you feel you have to dump somebody. Yeah, and logically, you can think, "Oh, I've made the right decision," but I think emotionally and in terms of your addiction. You're yeah. still going to be having some some problems. Yeah, okay. 
this is really spicy ethically, I think, whether it's possible to sort of cure heartbreak. And I think this is quite a bad idea because fundamentally I do believe that you're sort of, not you, but people are learning, like some of this stuff is useful, like you're learning stuff about yourself and you're learning to cope on your own and this is all quite beneficial. And if you can just pop a pill and it's just done, I don't know, like... Oh, you're so old school. I it's like, oh, I no, am. no pain, no gain. I do. But uh, do you not think it's true in this case? But you would well, do of that. For you a, don't. You, you would. You would do that for a hangover, wouldn't you? You wouldn't but say no. You've got to, you've got to learn the lessons of drinking. No, you'd you'd take the pill. What and then just repeatedly? Well, get if really it, drunk. If it's not with problematic no with no consequences, then yeah, it's fine, isn't it? Again, I, I, you're the wrong person to talk to about. It's <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly. <laughs> but the sort of period that you have. Basically, of reflection. So there's like, How there's long two... is it? Like six weeks? I remember no, reading somewhere. It can, it's like... it, can, it can be longer than that. Really? There's, there's two distinct phases, I think. There's sort of protest, yeah, which is like where you're just, you, you, you are refusing to accept it and you want to try and get that person back. Right. Which is sort of just like hypervigilance, really, where you're just panicking okay. and you're desperately trying it. So this, again, going back to the evolutionary idea, this would have been really useful. So that you're like really active in trying to retrieve the thing that you've lost, i.e. get back yeah, to the group. Yeah, yeah. And then that gives way to resignation. <laughs> um, and that's where I think you do the, the learning and you think about, well, what, you know, what did I do wrong? What did they do wrong? Uh, is there anything that I've learned about the sort of person that would be, that I'm good with? I mean, I understand the theory of what you're saying, right? But, but I think, I, it's I think true. plenty I think of people don't learn anything from their breakups. I you wonder. know that's true. Yeah, yeah. And every listener knows that's true as well. But it might not be immediately obvious, but maybe they are learning stuff. Just because you make the yeah. same mistakes again and again doesn't mean you're not learning anything, I guess. Okay. Maybe I'm clutching a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> so can we, I mean, is there a positive? Like, I know you don't like the idea of a pill, but there must be a way to sort of shorten circumvent get around this problem because it's well, not evolutionarily useful these days is it it used to be so let's let's bypass it surely well i asked mary francis about the prospect of a cure i think one of the most important things is to understand that heartbreak is normal that it is the natural response to being separated from a loved one. Now, that doesn't mean that it isn't the right thing to be separated from a loved one. Say you're getting a divorce, you may have intense yearning and also know that this is not the right relationship for you. So I think just even understanding that it is a natural physiological response that we have, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we need to do something different, I think it also is helpful because we really recognize how stressful grief and loss and separation are on the human body. And so finding ways to help your body to relax, to find comfort, those are really important coping skills in learning to regulate your own physiology without this other person. And so, uh, you know, that looks different for different people. For some people, that's going for a long run that exhausts you for another person that's doing yoga that feels very relaxing for another person that might be guided meditation that makes you feel safe and comfortable 
I think the important thing is listening to your body and finding those things that can help you to feel more relaxed and give your body a break from this updating it's trying to do, trying to understand what the world is like now for you, given that you're carrying the absence of this person. You know, you just got to tell yourself you'll get over it. <laughs> You'd be a great therapist. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> How long's it been now? <laughs> your six weeks is up. Your idea's up. Um, so there is some genuinely fascinating research that's been done into whether you can treat heartbreak in a way that you would treat another condition and so there's a guy in i think he's canadian yeah i think it's in montreal um and he's looked at whether you can sort of so he's not looking at the symptoms of it, of it all he's just like he's literally seeing if you can treat the memories because what he's saying is that love is in some senses it's like a really strong emotional attachment to memories is, okay. is is yeah. is what it yeah. is. So if you, so when you're when you're heartbroken, you keep sort of thinking back to all of these great moments with this person, yeah. and, and that and that's really difficult. And so what he does is he tries to reconsolidate the memory, but remove the trauma. And so the way that he does it is he says, "Okay, you're going to tell me this story about the the thing, you know, with with your." with your with your ex um but before that you're going to take a beta blocker oh okay and that means that when you um when you sort of relate the memory it gets re-encoded if you like when when you relay a a memory it sort of goes back in but slightly different and this type goes in with less trauma because the drug just suppresses the pain yeah effectively and you do that quite a lot until you get to a point, it's like four or six sessions of this, where rela- you, you've still got that, because you don't want to get rid of the, it's yeah. not like Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind, you don't want to like just erase <laughs> yeah. the memory. Yeah. You've still got the memory, yeah. but you just don't, you've, you've lost the pain that is associated with it. And and it seems to work, and people are like, yeah, it kind of feels like um, like reading a novel is the, is, is the phrase. Right. Like, does, um, it, does it work because you just, it's six weeks has passed and you're over it now? Well, that's possible, isn't it? That is possible. Um, but everyone seems to like. Certainly, the participants seem to think that it's done something that wasn't going to happen without. Yeah. them. they're probably quite. Unreliable. I've heard of similar things with MDMA. Yeah, yeah. You, you I go mean, through therapy, and it sort of takes the trauma out of the it, memory. That's it. Taking trauma out of the memory yeah. is, is the key. So, just taking the drug won't do it. Just doing the sort of the, the therapy exercise of retelling the story yeah. won't do it. But together. It, it, it seems to, and what's really, I think, really interesting. He was originally developed it for PTSD, yeah, because that's an obvious place where yeah. you want to try and remove trauma from from memories. Um, he, like the the big farmer, aren't interested because the beta blocker, its, it's patent is up, yeah, yeah so anyone yeah, yeah. can make it. So everyone's just like, well, no, not interested. It's so interesting. I always forget that about big farmer in, in America, at least that once uh, a license is up, they. They well, they've got to they make money, make, haven't they, they? They can't make, and they are, to be fair to them, they are making you money. You can't pay those multi-million dollar yeah. <laughs> bonuses if you're not making some money. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, so that that is that is an option. And there's another one that's like, uh, there's a there's a drug which is an anesthetic, similar, similar idea. Again, trying to mute these 
painful painful memories and and that that actually that can, oh because that can the memories quite... are the same as physical pain yeah exactly so yeah. anesthetic yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. does a similar yeah, yeah, job yeah and oh, that's like that. really so if you that happens really quickly so that's definitely not a, a passage of time thing so if you retell a distressing story so this is like actually ptsd but it sort of applies to you know being heartbroken yeah. as well you then get injected with the drug immediately afterwards and then you recount it again 24 hours later and the memory is much less vivid and much less painful. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it's really open to abuse, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh yeah, it really, it really does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's quite, I mean, you know, it's, it, the, the possibilities are are there. There's also some stuff which I, where you, you, you like <laughs> you do uh, sort of neurofeedback. So it's the old, um, you know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. cap of electrical wires. Yeah. And I'm like, get that away from me. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. at some point you've got to say, you know what, you're just going to have yeah, to I'm just going to deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't want this. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm just chloroforming, chloroforming myself. You know, yeah. I'll just tell you this story and I'll knock myself out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm good. But you've got... Um, Selective serotonin um, reuptake inhibitors. inhibitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, which are very common, they sort of have a blunting effect on, on everything. On on everything. And that, including the way that you feel about other people, emotions towards other people. So they could also be possibly useful. But I, I quite like the idea that, that we're just going to find a way to medicate away heartbreak mm. and then no poets or philosophers are going to have anything to do in the future. It's like, yeah, yeah. there's not, not really anything to write about. Yeah, no. yeah, because you're always fine. You're fine. You just immediately go and you, you basically go to the chemist, go, like, I've got a prescription for heartbreak uh, and you sort it out within a week. Yeah, 4,000 yeah. years of poetry. It's like, it's gone. Just, it's gone. And also no one interested in listening to it, Nobody reading to it. Read it. Like, what the fuck's this? Yeah. This is a bit miserable, isn't it? What's wrong with these pussies? <laughs> Take the beta blocker. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked Mary Francis the question, what is the use of a broken heart? The broken heart is very useful when we have a loved one who is out of our sight and it motivates us to go find them, to bring us back together, to resolve an argument or to apologize for something you've done. But the kind of broken heart that happens when a loved one can no longer be retrieved, that you can't be with them anymore, whether that's death or, or divorce, then the broken heart takes on a new level and we have to learn how to live in this world again and restore a meaningful life for ourselves without them. I cannot believe that I forgot to tell you about a really horrible uh, test on voles. Go on. That I'm going to tell you because you're very like, quickly. It's like an addendum, really. Um, so the voles that love each other, the prairie voles. Yeah. You, <laughs> it's is so it's so out of order. Uh, you you do a series of tests where some of them you 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 split up and some of them you don't. Mm. So some of them are some of them are in in heavy quotation marks heartbroken, um, and some of them are quite happy. And then you do. Um, there's a, a one test called the forced swim test, which is about as, <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. You just drop them into a glitter cold water in a really like <laughs> in, in a beaker, and they're just desperately trying to get out of the cold water. See, you're breaking my heart yeah. now. So that, and then even worse, actually, uh, the uh, tail suspension test, where you where you you duct take them to uh, like a like a stick and then hang them in a in a in a in a black box 
Um, and then there's one where you put them in a in a maze where it's kind of elevated, and you can stay if you're feeling nervous or whatever. You can stay in the kind of in in the bits of the maze that are closed in. And if you're feeling sort of you know adventurous, you can go out into the clear bottomed bits that feel quite risky. Yeah. Anyway, what you see is uh, obviously a load of really unhappy uh, voles, but the the ones that are heartbroken. They just basically give up. Yeah, they don't bother. Swimming, they just do so they? they do this sort of passive coping, which people say is quite like depression, where they just they they don't flail uh, when they're suspended by their tail. They're just like fuck it. They don't really try and fight their way out of the out of the cold water. Just what like, are the ethics for I, these I know, I know, I know, I, mean, I know. What are you know. writing on your grant proposal? It's like, <laughs> well, there's a load of teenagers who are really a bit sad, and we want to help them. And we're thinking. Should we torture some vols? <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it, 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 I mean, it's horrible. Yeah, but that's it, not Mary Francis doing that, is that it? That is not Mary Francis. Uh, do you know what? I'll name and shame the guy. That <laughs> is someone called Oliver Bosch. Shame on you! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there you go. <laughs> so, what's the use of a broken heart? Well, I mean, I think she she made some good points. It like gets you to. Take action, maybe in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, I can see that you're sort of in like an elevated danger state. Yeah, that's the kind of for, from an evolutionary point of view, that's what you're in, and you're just trying to get back to safety. But my philosophy is, it's best not to get in there in you the first don't place. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has, has this given you any food for thought? None whatsoever. No, no. Do you think when Philippa listens to this, it might give her? Yeah, something? definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next week we, we pitch up and Brooksy is devastated like, well, I can't believe it but Philippa um, yeah she's 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 packed her things and she's gone no it'd be me that got thrown out <laughs> yeah true she's not stupid Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards the production team is Temi Adebayo Katie Baxter Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan sound designed by Katie Baxter Special thanks to today's expert, Associate Professor Mary Francis O'Connor. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.